Hello, and welcome to this PPD Laboratories podcast. I'm your host, Randy Buckwalter, Associate Director of Corporate Communications here at PPD. Today, we will be discussing the latest bioassay tools and techniques and their impact on drug development with two of PPD's thought leaders. By way of background, the biopharmaceutical industry's push to develop high purity and significantly effective biotherapeutics is driving the need for more advanced and complicated bioassays. Factors such as regulatory scrutiny and data integrity all play a significant role when considering effective methods for bioassay development. Since these assays come with their own sets of challenges and considerations, today we are discussing exactly what these challenges are and what the future of bioassay development could look like. Joining us for the discussion are PPD Laboratories' Kathy LaLoya, Associate Director of Cell-Based Assays for GMP Biopharmaceutical Product Development, and Becky Garshik, Manager of Cell-Based Assays in the Immunochemistry Department. Kathy has 19 years of experience in the biotechnology industry. She has managed teams supporting everything from early development to commercial biological methods under GLP and GMP guidance. She's been with PPD since 2017. Becky has 14 years of experience in the biotechnology industry. She has managed the cell-based assay group since 2007, which supports the development, validation, and sample analysis of cell-based neutralizing antibody assays. Kathy performs potency assays in Middleton, Wisconsin, and Becky manages neutralizing antibody, or NAB assays, in Richmond, Virginia. A huge welcome to both of you. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Randy. We're happy to be here. Glad to have you with us. Now, on to our topic. So to get things going, what would you say are the specific challenges with today's analytical methods for conducting bioassays? Kathy, why don't you start? Well, Randy, bioassay challenges are much the same today as they have been since the start of clinical interest in biotherapeutics. First, a range of methods are needed. These methods require laboratories to have capability, experience, and instrumentation that allow for the development of robust assays. Because they are often cell-based, these methods need to model a product's mechanism of action, otherwise known as MOA. They are generally associated with the demonstration of biotherapeutic product potency. Under USP 1032, this is assessed as a relative potency to a reference standard. These assays also need to be conducted in a controlled environment so contaminants are not introduced that can significantly impact method performance. A second challenge is method variation. Variation within these assays can result from more than the usual sources of observed with analytical methods, such as variation across instruments, critical reagents, operators, and just simple day-to-day -day and interlab differences. Heterogeneity is inherent to these products. So whether you're using primary cells isolated from donors, patients, or immortalized cells, these assays are subject to variables unique to the use of a cellular matrix. Cellular response may differ with even subtle changes in temperature, humidity, growth media and supplements, passage number or incubation length, and that's just to name a few. The variation and bias inherent in bioassay methods make it challenging to confidently say whether a change in critical reagents or test methods may be deemed comparable. And it's even harder to identify exactly which factors are impacting method performance. So now complicating things even further, for some biotherapeutics, the MOA may not be well-defined. This may potentially require assessments of multiple factors and more than one assay. For example, monoclonal antibodies whose treatment MOAs may involve either blocking or replacing receptor binding, or antibody and complement dependent cell cytotoxicities are more challenging to develop. Even when the MOA is known, the demonstration may require execution of an assay that is difficult to model in cultured cells. 
or it applies to specialized equipment that makes automating the methods difficult. Kathy, thanks for that info. Becky, what are your thoughts? Well, in addition to Kathy's insight, neutralizing antibody or NAB bioassays have additional challenges. The addition of matrix into the assays typically has an influence on cellular responses. Cell-based NAB assays are typically bioassays in which the drug induces a specific biological response from a target cell population. Patient matrices are then examined for the presence of NABs which inhibit the drug action. The challenge here is that in certain cases, there can be circulating drug in study samples. Therefore, sample pretreatments such as acid dissociation may be needed to remove matrix components and existing drug from the sample. Exactly, and this acid dissociation treatment can be a challenge for modified protein and monoclonal antibody products, since those components may be acid label. Right, so as you can see, we face a lot of challenges in this sphere. Sensitivity is another factor important to NAB assays. It is a challenge to obtain positive control antibody that has the required sensitivity. A shift in the drug potency may result in change in a positive control sensitivity, which affects the control criteria established in validation. It is also why, in general, anti-drug antibody or ADA binding assays are more sensitive when compared to the cell-based NAB assay counterpart for the same drug product. As a result of all these factors, cell-based assays require support from individuals who are both knowledgeable in cellular biology and well-trained in reducing variation during the method execution. Even in the best of circumstances and with highly knowledgeable and trained individuals, developing and validating cell-based assays can be time-consuming. Planning for and initiation of development of these assays should be done early in order to have an assay ready when needed. Yes, Becky, that's a great point. As you all know, we're seeing a shift in drug development focus toward more complicated molecule types, such as biologics, cell therapies, and gene therapies. Kathy, let's start with you on that topic. How do you see that changing the way bioassays need to be conducted? You know, Randy, innovation continues to drive the biotherapeutic industry. And this includes a growing number of modified protein and monoclonal antibody products, which have all sorts of uses. They can utilize conjugation to potent cytotoxins for targeted anti-cancer treatment, for example, or pegylation to improve serum half-life and reduce toxicities associated with bioactive molecules. There's also bispecific antibodies and fusion proteins that allow for a variety of novel therapeutic targets. That's all to say that conjugation processes carry their own potential for variation, making it difficult to determine root causes of observed bioassay variation in bridging methods or materials. Multiple forms with variable targets or activities can result in a requirement to develop multiple assays, often cell-based, to fully assess product potency for the activities of the individual components. Thanks. Now, Becky, would you like to comment? Sure. So going off of that, variation in the approach to validate these assays is seen especially in NAB assays that are used to determine the antibody response to bispecific antibodies, fusion proteins, and antibody drug conjugates. Multiple positive control antibodies may be needed to distinguish the nature of reactivity of neutralizing antibodies to individual components of the drug. For example, separate positive controls may be needed for each arm of a bispecific antibody. These modified drug products are often better characterized in pharmacokinetic and ADA assays. Assays are developed to measure total antibody versus payload in order to evaluate whether the drug is undergoing biotransformation. 
making it even more of a challenge. Regulatory requirements for more complex molecule types are not all that clear in stating what is required to develop and validate these types of assays. And as you know, Becky, cell and gene therapy products also very often require high complexity bioassays to support potency determinations. Potency can rely on multiple levels of assessment. This includes the actual copy number concentrations determined from both real-time qPCR and DDPCR quantitation, and the efficiency by which these genomes can enter cells. This efficiency is dependent upon the delivery vehicle used and also generally determined by PCR. Other assessment levels include the detection of expressed or amplified nucleic acid molecules associated with expression, demonstration of target protein expression, and finally, demonstration of functional activity driven by the expressed protein. The FDA suggests an incremental approach to the implementation of potency tests, but also expect assays to, that measure both gene transfer and the biological effect of the transferred genome. Likewise, cell-based NAB assays used to determine the immunogenicity of cell and gene therapies can be time-consuming. They often require rapid turnaround when pre-screening patient matrix prior to enrollment into a study. Pre-existing antibodies to viral vectors are also a challenge for the cut point determination required by regulatory agencies. The availability of a positive control NAB, the ability to obtain appropriate cell lines, and the potency of drug target may be limitations in developing and validating robust and sensitive cell-based NAB assays. And one thing we've learned is that in addition to measures of potency and immunogenicity for cell and gene therapies, viral vector gene products require testing to demonstrate the vector does not contain viral particles capable of self-replication. This includes gene products that are being used to modify cells or autologous or allogenic cell therapies. The FDA recently released final guidance for this and other aspects of CGT, so cell and gene therapy development, that support quality and clinical testing. For gene editing medicinal products, regulations are evolving, but developers are expected to follow the science. Testing is being extended to demonstration of if and where off-target site modifications may have occurred. So based on our discussion, there seems to be a need for highly advanced and complicated bioassays to characterize these increasingly complex therapeutic molecules. So what advancements are needed in bioassay tools, equipment, and or analytical methods to meet these changing market needs. Becky, would you like to weigh in? Sure, I can answer that one. There have been many recent advances in analyzing cells for specific markers and activities as indicators of potency. Firstly, the instrumentation. There is a considerable variety of instrumentation being commercialized that will support the type of analysis needed for complex biotherapy assay development. This is great news. Instruments and applications can conform identity and evaluate characteristics such as product purity, integrity, and heterogeneity. Yes. Next generation sequencing, also known as next gen sequencing, high throughput sequencing, and digital PCR are supporting determinations of quantity, integrity, fidelity, and purity as well. Right. So instrumentation advancements are key. There are some hoops to jump through here, though, which become problematic to GMP utilization of these instruments. Developers often appear to be addressing existing academic research and development limitations. They have had remarkable success in developing instruments and applications that provide the requisite functional capabilities. Often that focus results in the co-development of associated software that does not meet the expectation of regulatory agencies. 
For example, 21 CFR Part 11 compliant software that supports the integrity and security of the data generated by these instruments. In fact, regulatory agencies have refined their expectations for such compliance as a result of the number and scope of findings for inadequate control of generated data. Yes, I agree. That the impact can definitely be considerable. Luckily, we've come up with a solution that works for us. PPD Laboratories GMP Labs method development, validation, and QC product testing support have enabled our team to successfully qualify new equipment despite this limitation in existing software compliance. Often that requires co-validation of the analytical methods and instruments for specific products. This extends the scope and adds further complexity to the demonstration of scientific soundness and product quality testing. There's certainly some equipment and instrument vendors who recognize this requirement. However, the introduction of new bioassay applications would be accelerated if developers consider the utility of their systems and software early on. Ideally, they would make it an integral part of their early instrument and application development planning. And Kathy, as we know, while compliance is perhaps the most resolvable problem, it is not the only thing that is required from industry. Reliance on relative potency for GMP assessment of strength and reproducibility of biological products poses a specific challenge. This challenge is often even greater for molecules or products with multiple functional activities, even more so for those that perform through a complex process, limiting the range, sensitivity, or even specificity of the observed responses. This is a challenge that may not be readily overcome, but would be welcomed by the field. A final consideration for GMP bioassay testing is international access limitations to newer technologies and equipment. Instead, low complexity applications are used that offer an adequate, although not ideal, assessment of biotherapeutic responses. Finding adequately controlled and inexpensive means of improving bioassay assessments of biological products is a challenge, but the future may offer additional opportunities and markets for instruments and biotherapies. So what solutions has the industry put forth to address this need for more advanced bioassays? Kathy, is that something you can comment on? Happy to, Randy. The industry is seeing a shift to commercialization, saving time, variability, and cost. For example, cell-based assays now have commercial availability of cell lines transfected with common targets. Kits for biosimilars and other drug targets have been seen to reduce assay development time. Many companies perform quality control testing on the kits and components, reducing variability. To optimize this commercial availability, there are some important considerations. Modifications in the production of kit components can have major effects on the end user. To combat this, test multiple kit lots and different cell passage numbers for subcultured cells. During development and validation, test different cell lots for kits that supply ready-to-plate cells. This ensures the assay is robust and prepares for any complications that may arise with lot changes. Becky, what would you like to add? Well, for cellular biology, a growing number of real-time cell imaging, expression, and analysis systems offer an array of capabilities. This enables the assessment of multiple responses and allows for response cell identity. It even allows for the evaluation of individual cell responses. By expanding options for analysis beyond well-based population averages, single-cell imaging approaches can allow for characterization of subpopulations of cells and their subtle phenotypes. Real-time analysis of cellular proliferation and viability could speed development of cell-based assays. 
In these instances, data is provided to support the design of upcoming experiments and could even allow for the assessment of data at multiple endpoints. For all applications, ensuring data integrity compliance would enable greater implementation for use of these applications. So as we near the end of our program, Kathy, would you mind providing a short summary of the combined comments today? Of course, Randy. So essentially, challenges in bioassays have not changed all that much. In fact, they have become exacerbated by the increasing complexity of the biological products that they are being used to support. The need for multiple or longer methods to assess quality for these products and gene therapies can extend the assay development and data reporting process. This should be considered early in development. Greater and evolving scrutiny of data integrity by regulatory agencies makes this a necessary requirement. Like we said, this has delayed some potentially invaluable technological advances in analytical applications. Application developers need to consider a broader scope for their instruments and technologies than just their research at earlier initial stages of drug development. That way they can increase their utility and the available markets for their products. As you can see, the challenges that face bioassays and cell and gene therapy products are numerous, but they are not unsolvable. Exactly. The industry continues to develop and expand. Well, Kathy and Becky, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an enlightening discussion. And if you're interested in learning more about PPD laboratories or our work on bioassays, go to www.ppd.com. Visit the Our Solutions tab and click PPD Laboratories. You also can connect with us on LinkedIn at PPD Laboratories. We are constantly updating the feed with our current projects and exciting announcements. So on behalf of Kathy Laloya and Becky Garshik, we thank you for joining us.